Wednesday, June 27th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprey, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, there is a conference coming up in a PCA church, Presbyterian Church in America, in St. Louis from July 26th through the 28th. The name of the conference is Revoice. Todd Pruitt wrote in an article, The stated purpose of Revoice is supporting, encouraging, and empowering gay, lesbian, same-sex attracted, and other LGBT Christians so they can experience the life-giving character of the historic Christian tradition. Harry, anybody that knows anything about the scriptures would have a large question mark hovering over the top of their head wondering, is this right? Hardly a day goes by without people asking me because I am a minister in a PCA church. So when I am asked about it, I said, well, I have three issues with this conference. But let me tell you what one of my issues is not. I do not have a problem with a church hosting a conference to define and discuss and propagate how do you call sin, sin, and how do you minister effectively to sinners who are entangled in that sin. I find that commendable if that's what's being done. But if you frame the conference from a secular world in life view instead of a biblical world in life view, then I have a problem. Now, let me also say this. I will suspend judgments on the speakers in the conference until I hear what they've got to say. I have spoken situations where you had a rainbow behind my head promoting the LGBTQ, but I came there to speak the truth in love. And so I'll suspend judgment on what people say who participate until I hear what they say. But I can and should apply some analysis to the framing of the conference by what has already been said. Now, what has already been said about Revoice? Well, first of all, it is set up to minister to those, and I quote now from what you have said, which is a quote from the website, This is a conference established to help LGBTQ Christians, quote-unquote gay Christians, bisexual Christians, and to accept and navigate the historic Christian ethic. It is absolutely unacceptable, untenable, and unbiblical to identify any Christian by sin in general or by one's embedded sin or entangling sin. In other words, I minister to people who deal with the issue of sexual promiscuity. I do not identify them, nor do I encourage them to identify themselves as fornicating Christians or promiscuous Christians or pornographic Christians. We do not take entangling and embedded sins in our life that we are fighting and dealing with as the adjectival modifier of our Christianity. In other words, we don't modify ourselves as any kind of Christian other than a Christ-trusting, gospel-driven, spirit-filled, biblical adjectives can describe us. Do Christians have entangling sins? Yes. Do Christians have embedded sins? Yes. But one of the great hopes of the gospel, you are not only forgiven from the penalty and shame of those sins, you are also liberated from the power of those sins. You may have sin living in you, but you do not live under its dominion. 
and you will be and can be liberated from the practice and eradication of those sins in your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that no fornicator, no adulterer, no effeminate, no glutton, no murderer, no drunkard, no homosexual shall enter the kingdom of God. Anyone who has surrendered to the idolatry of sin in those listed, and there's nine of them, and by the way, seven of them were active with great horror in my life prior to my conversion. Some of them God allowed me to walk away from the day of my conversion. Some of them I've had to fight my whole life, but that's the point. I don't surrender to that as my identity in my life because the text goes on to say, and such were some of you, but you've been washed. You're not only washed with the blood of Jesus, you're washed with the power of the Spirit and the Word of God so that you are free from its shame and guilt and condemnation and you are free from its power and increasingly free from its practice. And to identify any Christian with any sin is absolutely untenable and unbiblical. They may be well motivated in what they're doing, but it is counterproductive, unbiblical, and untenable to call anyone a gay Christian. And also to declare that the church is made up of sexual minorities, as if there are categories of sexual sin that are embraced as a status within the church. No. Do we minister to sinners saved by grace fighting sexual sins? Yes. But we do not categorize them as minority groups within the church. Thirdly, here's what the Bible says in the book of James. Sin is the product of temptation and sinful desires. Internally, I have a sinful desire, a lust, which is rooted in the idolatry of self. All sin is rooted in the idolatry of self. I am born with sinful desires. Sin is not a created reality. It is a reality of our fallen nature and therefore the sinful desires internally. Whether it's manifested in thievery or gluttony or drunkenness or sexual promiscuity or sexual perversion, that is the product of my sin nature and the remnant of it that still resides in me. The Bible calls it the old man. And then there is temptation outside. Now, when temptation outside gets married to sinful desires, its product is sin. That's its child. So how do I not have the child's sin in my life? I get rid of sin by fleeing temptation and killing the old man. Sinful desires are not syndromes to be managed. They are sins to be mortified, to be killed every single day. Some of these are very powerful, addictive, entangling sins, such as sexual perversion, such as sexual promiscuity, but we don't manage them, we kill them. Finally, we are not trying to help people navigate a historic Christian tradition. These are biblical ethics. Biblical ethics is sex is a gift from God within marriage, and marriage is one man, one woman. That is a biblical ethic, not a Christian tradition to manage, to tolerate, to conform to. It is a biblical ethic to embrace in our life because we love the Lord, we love his law, and his law is a gift to us of love. We don't love his law to obey it to be saved. We love his law because the one who saved us from our sins has told us this is the way we love him and we love our neighbor. And 
Instead of embracing the sinful desires, we kill them. Instead of resisting temptation, we flee it. And that is what is missing in the framing of this conference. Hopefully, some participant is going to raise the clarion call of the gospel. You can be forgiven of these sins, and you can be liberated from these sins, and we are here to help you kill the desires, flee temptation by fixing your eyes on Jesus. The Christian life is an ethic to embrace out of love to Christ, not simply a ritual or tradition to conform to with a managed life, but a transformed life. And that's why the Bible says, and such were some of you. I love what Dr. Schaefer said. I need to identify drunkenness as a sin. I need to identify prostitution and sexual immorality as sin. But I always need to be willing to clean the vomit up off the floor of the drunk and to provide a bed for the prostitute that leads the prostitute to freedom in Christ. But you do not have to accept the behavior of a sinner in order to love the sinner. That's a myth that must be dispelled. Nor is it loving the sinner helping them manage sin. Loving sinners is to send them to the Savior who will set them free from its shame, its guilt, and its power. Harry, as we close out for today, let me remind our listeners to download the Briarwood app. With this app, you'll have access to Today in Perspective. You'll also have access to our five-minute daily devotional entitled Fresh Bread. Five minutes each day in the scriptures with Harry, a great way to start or finish out your day, a great addition to your personal quiet time. Audio, video, and written resources, they are available to you through the Briarwood app. Go to your favorite app store, type in Briarwood PCA. Well, do stop by again tomorrow, Thursday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.